Welcome to Soul Driven, a podcast dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for life inspiration, practical how-tos, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, and I am your host. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number seven, our first interview. And today we are talking all things women's empowerment, intuition, and discovering purpose in the midst of boudoir photography with Miss Alicia Brown. So just a few things before we kind of jump into this episode. First, I just want to apologize for the audio. (laughs) This is my first interview and it is clear that although my personal uh, recordings here have had great quality that um, I got to up my ante when it comes to doing interviews on Zoom. So um, it's not bad by any means, but just so you know, that will definitely be upgrading by our next interview. Second is that I will be posting the video component of this on my YouTube. So that will be available in links kind of you know, like in the show notes, (laughs) just go ahead and throw that out there. And that's really about it. I'm very excited to share this with you. I had such an amazing time with Alicia. We just really clicked and connected and have so much in common in regards to the business that she has now with boudoir photography and the retail business that I shut down at the end of 2018 And we saw a lot of correlations and and similar experiences with women that we worked with in regards to focuses on our body and how we feel about ourselves, aging, all kinds of things. But this is definitely not just an episode for women by any means. It's an episode about a woman's life, a woman's journey into stepping into her sole purpose. And I'm really excited to share it with you. So without further ado, I will pass you along. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to episode number seven, our first interview. Thank you so much for being here. Today I'm really excited to welcome our first guest, Miss Alicia Brown, who is the owner and operator of Atlantic Boudoir. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast, Alicia. Thank you for having me, Anna. I'm so, <laughs> so honored when you asked me to be your first guest. I mean, just a little bit of pressure, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yes, I'm super excited to have you as my first guest. I have like a list of folks and I was like, oh, Alicia, she would be perfect. And um, just for the folks at home, you've got two Sagittarian marketers here. Mm -hmm. So this could be a lot of fun. Um, So Alicia and I met about a year ago through a mutual marketing friend. And I've had the pleasure of watching her business grow for, I think like over a year now, right? Mm -hmm. That I've Mm -hmm. been involved in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I'm just so excited to share all of this with you. But before we jump into the interview, I have one kind of ask of our audience. And this is, I just want to ask you to please not forget to support one another right now while we're getting ready to have an awesome podcast and talk about all kinds of cool things. The coronavirus is very real. Both Alicia and I are small business owners and um, all of us are being affected by this in various ways. So check on your neighbors, definitely check on your elderly neighbors um, and please support your local businesses because we all need that right now. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. So, <laughs> okay, let's dive in. So, Miss Alicia, again, I just want to thank you for being here. I am very excited to share your story with our, our audience. And um, kind of the first place I want to start is, I'm going to be, be setting this tradition with you. Okay. So the first question is, what makes you soul-driven? Well, when you told me you were going to ask me that, <laughs> Um, thank you, by the way. I was thinking about what, what it really means to me. And I think that, um, well, I remember hearing something like probably a year ago or so, and it really stuck with me and it kind of has changed the way I approach this journey I began on in 2018. Um, but it said something like, think back to what you did when you were a kid and you were playing and you were just having the best time before anyone told you what you should like, what you should be doing, how you should be spending your time, and then go do that. And as soon as I read that or heard that, I honestly can't even remember which, I've just thought about that because that is so true. Because you know when you get lost doing something that you really enjoy, that's, I think, how you know you're doing something that's related to your soul's purpose. Because everything else is kind of just filler. So um, that's how I feel about the journey I'm on, even though, you know, not all parts of it are soul fulfilling, but I think every day I've been working more towards life is not just about working and getting through each day. Like I really want to be living each day, not just surviving it. So that's, that's something that I'm working on like constantly in my life. Which is awesome. I mean, like I always say one life and so but I, I can't say that I'm always living one life. So I love it. To, like, I love hearing from you that this is what you're doing and this is certainly what you get to do with your business. I think that's awesome. Um, I've, and I've definitely heard the quote or whatever somewhere. And I always think back and I'm like, so how can I like translate or whatever, like climbing trees and mm -hmm running through woods and chasing down snakes into what I do as an adult. <laughs> yeah, it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. I need help narrowing that yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's people who are really good at making that connection and I would love to talk to them. But yeah, you know there's something. You know it's like at the it's at the root of that for you. It's not like, well I guess I gotta go work like on a in a nature reserve or something. It's more like the reason why you loved doing that so much is connected to what, something that you could be doing and it would evoke the same kind of purpose and emotion for you. Yeah, well, and I loved what you said too about the fact that when you kind of get lost in whatever it is that you're doing, that that is, that is letting you know, right, that you're doing something that connects with your sole purpose. 
Exactly. So I feel like maybe just as kids, our purpose then was just to kind of be kids, mm-hmm. you know, and just enjoy ourselves, whatever it was that we were doing. But that's as adults, true. maybe that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I call it like um, chasing the, uh, well, I clearly don't call it that enough because I can't remember it. <laughs> um, like, like it's chasing the, chasing the joy. It's not what it is. It'll come back to me. But whenever I do, whenever I get lost, I mean, that's been one of the things with this podcast that has been so much fun. Um, even though I have to like write out all these notes before I get it by the time I sit down to it and everything. I mean, like I have no problem. I could give hours and hours away to this. It's really enjoyable for me. So I totally get that. I think that that's kind of where the the crux of it all is. Right. I, I agree because if you're not feeling like that way, at least some parts of your life, then kind of like, what's the point? So that's, you're not going to feel that way all the time. Life is hard. But if you can at least find things that do make you feel that way, it kind of, I think it's kind of finding the purpose of living your life. So, yes. And mm-hmm. let's reiterate, what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> even if you're not doing it full time, I mean, even if this is something like, obviously this podcast is not my full time job, <laughs> but I, it, it certainly feeds every other area of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, awesome. So we're going to talk all things. Atlantic Boudoir. But first, I want to jump into your background a little bit more. And uh, would you mind sharing some about that with us? Yeah, not at all. So how, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> Whatever you would like. Okay. Whatever you think. <clears throat> well, I'm, um, I'm not a Southerner originally, if you can't tell. I am from New Hampshire. Um, I grew up there. Um, I went to school in Boston and all pretty much all my family still lives up here. I moved down to Wilmington in 2010 after graduating school, just kind of for a fresh start. Um, I had been to Wilmington before and when I visited there, I think it was probably about like 2006 or seven when I visited North Carolina, I just felt like a really strong connection to it. And it was probably, I mean, I grew up, I grew up on the water, but it was something different about here and like the lifestyle and stuff. And I never kicked it. And so once I just like trusted my gut when I graduated school and I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. And I 100% believe that it was the right choice because everything, like the way my life has unfolded since then has been, it's made it very clear. So that's something I would always tell people is like, if you have this like deep feeling, it kind of goes back to that beginning story about when you're a kid, like you should trust your instincts for sure. So that's how I ended up here is my gut. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah. When I first came to Wilmington, I was only going to be here for two months and, Mm. um, but everything just kind of fell into place and it was weird. I mean, I've lived all over the world and that's never happened before. Like it never felt that way before. And I definitely like four years later can say, and now I totally know why. I was mm-hmm. supposed to come to this place for sure. And, Isn't and that amazing when you trust the universe? <laughs> you have to. You yeah. have to. I mean, I think that those, I think with Sagittarians too, like we're, we do that a lot easier than other people. I'm glad. I didn't know that, but <laughs> if I didn't listen to my instincts, then I would, I don't know where I'd be. So, yeah. Well, I think, it, I think our, um, 
our ability to kind of connect with that part of ourselves. Again, it just kind of comes a little bit easy. Like it doesn't quiet down for us. No, it doesn't. It's like, yo, do the thing, do this. Um, you're like, you know that thought you had? Yeah, now you're obsessed with it. You're welcome. <laughs> Not going to leave you alone. Yeah, exactly. But I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. And it's part of what drives me. It must be what I'm very like driven, like to the point of obsession, which I think is a good thing and also a bad thing because I need to learn how to relax a little better. But I do get very like hooked on ideas and like I do not stop until I, they come to fruition. So which is why your business has been so fun to watch because of all the creative things you can do. I'm a crazy person. <laughs> uh, creative. Creative, crazy person. Yeah. So I know you um, were doing marketing for what, like 10 years? Yeah. Like you just went full time with your boardwalk yes. business. Yes. So as a marketer, I'm curious to know like mm -hmm. how you kind of got into marketing mm -hmm. and then why it wasn't the thing for you? So I, I like to think that, um, you know, growing up, I was always like, I've really always been into photography and images. And, you know, I would spend like hours making photo albums and scrapbooks and everything for, um, of images of my friends and family and the places I've traveled, because I always mm -hmm. thought that that was so important to have, photos because they capture memories and like emotions forever. It's like the only thing that does that, I guess besides video too. But um, so it's always important to me and I always got lost in that. But I guess when you're growing up without, without anyone else in your family who does anything like that and also growing up without a lot of money, I think you're always thinking about, well, what can I do to make my situation like better and what can I do differently in the future? And I guess utilizing my creative side was never an option for me as far as a career. I just never, it never crossed my mind that I should pursue something like that. So I went to business school, which totally glad I did. Um, went to a really good business school and I love business too. And you know, now I own my own business. So that helped me a lot. But I think that I didn't start down the path of photography for that reason. and it also was meant to be that way because I wouldn't trade like my business background for anything. So naturally going to a business school, it's known for accounting and finance majors. I picked the most creative major they had, which was technically called information design and corporate communication and marketing. And so that's kind of how I ended up there. The most creative side of business I could get in. And um, yeah, I've worked in, I've worked in the marketing field in a lot of different roles. Um, since college, uh, really random things like I was a well, I started as a marketing intern at uh, Zoo New England in Boston in Dorchester actually, and I thought I wanted like all I wanted was to work with animals, and so I was like, well, then I can work at the zoo, and I did that for a while. I've been the marketing director for a custom tour operator. Um, I love travel. That was really that was a really cool period of my life. I was, my first job in Wilmington was the catering and marketing manager for Zoe's Kitchen. I got that job through phone interviews so I could move down here. And thank God I did because not, not a lot of options in Wilmington. <laughs> <laughs> so loved wow. doing that too. So I've done sales. I've done like so many different things, um, but all in the marketing realm in so some way. And as you know, 
the marketing space changes so much with technology and trends. And so I was, I'm like always learning, was always learning. And I think that's what kept me in it for so long because it's really challenging and exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, marketing won't bore you. No, that's for sure. <laughs> it no. can do a lot of other things, but boring will not be one. No. I don't no, know I if don't. I just answered your question, honestly. Oh, you totally did. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. I <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I was really intrigued about, you know, kind of talking about um, how when you were younger that you loved all, all this, that cameras were always a thing for you, that photography was always mm-hmm. a thing for you, that you loved doing this. It's so interesting to me that, that this happens, you know, that as children, our creativity always kind of gets set aside for the things that make money. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're a mom and is this something that you're cognizant of with your, you have a son, correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah. He's only two and a half right now. So <laughs> he, <laughs> finger paints. <laughs> yeah. So there's not so much that, um, yeah, I definitely want him to be able to tap into his creativity. So it'll be interesting. You know, he's my only child, our only child. I don't know how as he gets older, hopefully, you know, me and my husband will be role models for him as far as like doing something that you want to do and being successful and not putting aside your passions. And that's hopefully an example I can set for him, but it's hard for me to say until he starts like trying to make choices about how he spends his time, how I'm going to direct that. But it is, I mean, it's funny because I was always so into, I guess, photography, you know, like starting pretty young and I never had like there was a certain point I think the nicest camera I ever had before I kind of like stopped doing anything with that was that a Sony Sony Cybershot digital camera that I brought to Italy when I studied abroad and lived there for a while and took all my photos with that little camera and that was like the nicest camera I ever got to have and then after that you know it was always just something fun I did and it never ever crossed my mind at any point like hey maybe you should like take a class in this, or maybe you should spend more time working on this because it just was never an option for me. It just was like, that would be silly. So no one ever taught me until when we get to that point in the story that someone told me it could be an option. Um, It was just something that I put to the side and kind of forgot about for a long time. It's so interesting to me because it's, I mean, (laughs) The, the, even though you didn't follow that path then, even though you didn't, like someone didn't direct you there. I mean, that's why I like, I love the universe so much is like, cause you can't fail, right? Mm-hmm. This is clearly what you were meant to do. So you took a different path, you went a different way, but then you get to the other side where if you had gone on this direct path to it, you wouldn't have had the business, business background. You wouldn't have been an amazing marker, which for most creatives, I know, you know, I mean, in my business, since I launched in 2012, the number one thing that creatives and I think kind of just entre- like, you know, business owners in general struggle with is being able to market their business. Mm-hmm. So you've got the ability to be creative and market, you know, yeah. um, that's a huge advantage, honestly. And then like the mastermind <laughs> classes I'm in with other photographers, those that just went straight into the creative side, they I forget that not everyone has the experience of 
a business education or working in business. And so they have to learn that stuff either like on their own or as they go. And so that's a definite advantage I have. And that's why I say I'm, I'm ultimately really glad I went to business school and ended yeah. up did because I probably wouldn't be here. So. Yeah. Well, mm. I, I think it's just, um, it, it's just a testament to regardless of what path we take, you know, we're, we're going to end up where we're supposed to be. Um, if you trust your gut. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got tangled up in my headphones there. Tell me you're animated. I, I see it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about boudoir photography. Like, how did you get into this? So, yeah, this is, again, a story about, like, weird coincidence. And I probably gonna be so sick of hearing me about trusting your gut, but, no. um, you know, I moved to Wilmington. I met my now husband a year, about a year later. Um, he had moved up from Florida randomly and we met, um, we moved into a condo together, trying to make the story short in Carolina beach. Um, and we sublease, sublet, sublet, sublet from, um, this girl. It was on Craigslist. We met her. She was literally, she was from New Hampshire from like an hour where I grew up had never met her before. We became friends with her and her boyfriend. She was a photographer. Uh, fast forward, what, like two more years, Pete and I got engaged. Um, we hired Kelly for our wedding photography and she was still living in Carolina beach or in Wilmington. And she said, would you like me to take boudoir portraits for you before your wedding? And I'm like, sure. Like that sounds fun. I never really thought about that. So she did. And she was just starting the boudoir side of her business because she was mainly weddings and engagements and everything. And I saw the images after, you know, she sent me them to me and I was like, holy shit, these are, I feel amazing. Like this is fun. And, um, it kind of like planted this little seed in my head. So fast forward, um, she actually moved back to New Hampshire and she switched her business from, she got out of weddings and everything else and just opened her own studio in New Hampshire and is super successful with boudoir portraits only. And so during that time of like the growth between however many years that was, I just watched her grow her business. I was part of her Facebook group. And I was always like, oh, so she's so inspiring because she like went all in as a business owner. She's doing something she loves. And I was seeing how she was uh, impacting the women um, in her group who got portraits taken by her like their confidence was soaring they were just it was such a cool community and I was like oh, so jealous want to be in that so I always joked with her I'm like hey do you need a marketing person like but a thousand miles away like is that cool <laughs> and she did but then I one day I just messaged her I said because I've always wanted to own my own business too and I said Kelly let me open a branch of your studio down here since you're doing so well up there and she said, who would be the photographer? And I said, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And she's like, you're going to do it. And I said, no, I'm not. That's, that's dumb. I can't do that. And she said, yes, you can. And she's like, it's not going to be mine. It's going to be yours. Mm. And love that. immediately, I remember <laughs> I was actually on my way home from a Beyonce concert <laughs> with my sister. <laughs> and I was talking with Kelly in the car. And I remember just looking at my sister and being like, Kelly says I should do this. And I was just like on fire. And like from that moment on, it was such like a stretch for me. I'm like, what, in what world do I think this would be possible? I don't, but I was so fired up. You know, I got home, I told my husband about it. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And Kelly has like, Kelly changed my life. 
because she was my mentor and she helped me get this off the ground. Cause she's like, if you want it, you can accomplish it. And she, she has mentored me and all the mistakes, you know, she made, I didn't have to make all the things that she learned from being in business. She taught me. And so having someone who like cared so much about and believed in my success like that was really the catalyst people. If you have someone who believes in you that you can do it, then that's sometimes the extra push you need to make like a big scary change like that. Cause it was terrifying. It's been a terrifying ride. (laughs) That's really powerful though. I mean, and that's the, I have so much to say about so much of what you say. Like, calm Go down, start, start over. <laughs> on your face and I'm loving. <laughs> First, I think that that's just really powerful. I mean, I, the ability that we have to speak life into other people is so huge. And I don't think that people take that seriously, especially when it comes to something like this. You know, when we are speaking life into people about how they look, or what they do that inspires you. I mean, like you just never know how that's going to take shape. And then how blessed are you to have this, you know, woman like take you under her wing and show you how to build a business. And I mean, that's huge. Everyone, if if mentors are, I have never had one. I would love to have one. I think I'm a little bit too stubborn for one, maybe. (laughs) Not sure. But Every person that I've met who's had a mentor, I mean, it's just been totally life-changing for them. It really has been the biggest impact of anything that I could do. Like, you obviously have to put in the work and you have to believe in yourself. You can't just have other people believing in you or else nothing's going to happen. But yeah, a mentor who knows what they're talking about and stands behind you makes a huge difference. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's 100% up to the individual. Like Mm -hmm. she just gave you the permission in the beginning. You got to do all the work. Mm -hmm. Um, So did you, did you take like photography classes along the way or like, how did you hone this? Cause I know like boudoir photography is very different and I guess maybe we should explain what boudoir photography is just in case we've gotten this far. No one and, and someone doesn't know. <laughs> I just realized that. I'm like, you know, we could, people would be like, what the hell are they talking about? So I sometimes, uh, I don't know if I like calling it this, but I usually summarize uh, boudoir portraits as like, uh, I don't even want to say it this way, but um, like Victoria's Secret pictures for the everyday woman. Yeah, we need to work so on your brand So basically I girl. take pictures of people <laughs> in their underwear or whatever they're comfortable in. So it sounds like such a funny, like, I don't know, superficial concept, but the best part of it is that it's really not, it's not superficial. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's what boudoir portraits are, but yeah, it is a very specialized niche because it's all, it's about, um, the experience. It's a very vulnerable experience. And so you have to be good at having people be comfortable with you and trust you. And then the other big part is obviously like the posing. Yeah. For, uh, for every body type. So as far as you're asking how I learned, I mean, I learned from Kelly. I'm in a mastermind class for photographers. I uh, YouTube. I re- re- read books. I practice. That's really essentially how I like honed to the point that I felt confident, like taking those types of portraits of women. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I saw also the video that's on your website 
don't know if it's under about, maybe not, but the like, you know, the experience. Mm -hmm. I noticed how much you were giving direction. Oh yeah. Like, and I thought that was awesome. Cause like for someone like me, I would get in there and like, (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do. Okay. That's what I tell women. No one knows how so that's what women, I think are most scared of they're like I'm so awkward I'm not photogenic I'm like who said you're awkward first of all and second of all I pose you the whole time like your fingers to your toes so no one has to worry about like having experience posing for portraits like that is not their job that is my job so you don't have to know how to do anything except listen to me <laughs> <laughs> Can you follow directions? Yes. And some people are better than others, but honestly, everyone, like they want, everyone wants to do what I'm asking. So everyone's trying their best regardless. And we have a really good time doing it. So yeah. Yeah. It looks, it looked to be, um, it looked to be very natural in regards to like, I, I know like in your video, you were explaining how, I guess when they do one thing, like they breathe out and they're like, so this is going to seem really strange, but, um, I always say that. (laughs) Are there different kinds of like, do the poses in regards to kind of how you help set them up? Um, trying to think of what my question is here. Do they, (laughs) do they change depending on like the woman or are they, are they kind of like general poses or like, how does that work? I do have like a lot, pretty much a general posing flow, but it definitely, depending on the, on the woman, on the client, based on their style, what they're comfortable with, how they can move and how they inspire me in different ways. Like we try new things all the time. So no one's going to be forced to do a pose that they're like, I really just don't want to do that. Obviously not. It's their pictures. Um, A lot of women are open to pushing their comfort zones, which is a big part of the process, which makes it so exciting. So I'm like so proud of all my clients because they're always like, oh, that's like kind of intimidating or scary, but like, (laughs) I'll do it if you think I should. And I'm like, I think you'll surprise yourself. And every single time they're like, oh my God, like, I love that picture. I'm like, I told you you're hot. You just, just listen to me. And so this is what I go through every day. And I'm like, it's the best job to be able to tell women how like beautiful and awesome they are. And I respect them trusting me with the process like so much. Like I, that's one thing I can't even put into words is how much I respect that and appreciate that with my clients because I know it's weird and I know it's scary and they're being completely vulnerable and I appreciate that immensely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for, so with my, the business that I shut down, at the end of 2018, um, on a swimwear, I mean, women would come in and we were doing made to measure swimwear. Mm. It was a very personalized service. You know, we would measure them, then they would try on like some of our sample suits. Um, but I mean, like, you know, swimwear is another one of those things that that's like a very vulnerable experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that quite frankly, the most awesome part of having that business was getting to see women like change in regards to how they looked at themselves in the mirror Mm -hmm. so we would kind of coach them in regards to being like you know so when you come around and to look in the mirror like you know don't let your eyes go to that first place that you're like most ashamed of or that you have problems with you know Mm -hmm. like 
really allow yourself to think about how you feel in this, mm -hmm. how you feel in this moment, you know, and then look, but little stuff like that. But, um, but it was such a, I mean, that was, I think the, the most awesome part of the job because as women, we know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing that we want a woman to do is to feel bad about herself. Yes, exactly. In any kind of way. And we're our own worst critics. So I know you saw that too. And I love how you put it that you said first, like, think about how you feel and not just look at your problem area that you always go to. Because when I do my like uh, wardrobe fittings um, and clients come try stuff on, I'm like, I want you to feel good in it. Like, so if you don't feel good in it, we're not going to wear it. And that's fine. But also then I see them looking at themselves in the mirror and I can see them like being critical of certain areas. And I'm like, what are you, what are you worried about right now? And I'm not, I mean, I'd be a super hypocrite to say like, well, I just look in the mirror and I never have any problem with anything. <laughs> but when you look at other people doing it, I'm like, oh, I don't even know what she's like worried about right now. Like, what are you concerned about? And so we all do that. We all do that. And you wish yes. you could like, shake each other and be like, stop. Like, yes. stop. Yes. What are you worried about? Like, it's so, it's so unnecessary, but yes. we all do it. Well, and, and it blew me away. It was like, I, I talked about this all the time when um, in the midst of Anahata, but women would come in and they'd be like, so I've got this problem area or I've got this thing. Like they would always tell me about this one area, like every like single woman would. Right, <laughs> like, right. By the way, like, I have all these prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I got thighs, girl. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I see them. <laughs> but they would come around, you know, the, from the changing area and like, I couldn't see what they were talking about. Yeah. And like, I wasn't right. yeah. being nice. This was not about like, Hey, like, no, like I literally couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it really changed how I even look at myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm with you. I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm great with my body all the time mm -hmm. not by any means. But just that experience, I mean, when you're seeing beautiful women, um, picking apart themselves, it really helps you to like, reevaluate what it is that you're doing to yourself mm -hmm. it's pretty powerful it is That's um, interesting. what kind of what kind of beliefs do you think that women allow themselves to get trapped in <sighs> i think that we and by i want to be like and by we i mean me <laughs> it's it's me probably all it's of us me. at some point <laughs> <laughs> but I I think that I, what I see a lot is women think we have to be everything to everyone I see women that think they can't do anything for themselves because they have to do it just for their family so as far as self-care spending money um literally mental health days anything like that they're like well my family needs me also trapped in the oh this one we get a lot they're how they feel in direct relation to their age mm. or comparing a size they are with a size they used to be mm. that is a big thing and I feel I'm like very underqualified to <laughs> to like guide women in those areas because I'm not like I'm not a therapist and I'm not a counselor, but I, I never know really what to say except like we're human and our bodies change and there's only so much we can do about it. 
So that's probably like, <laughs> it's not like the best answer you've ever heard, but I try to be honest with them and just say, you know, everyone has things like everyone has wrinkles. Everyone's bodies change every year that they get older. Like it's so normal and it's also normal to like feel uncomfortable about it. But again, we go back to like, I just wish I could take that away from you because it's not, uh, it's not essential to live our lives to be like agonizing over these little details. No, it's not. It's, um, I mean, I know for me, like just in the last, I would say maybe two years. Um, age has definitely started actually kind of popping in my head in regards to like, ooh, you've got a wrinkle there. Or like, ooh, like look at, you know, you don't look the same way you used to. And one of the things I always said was A, that like 40 is just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> um but what I've really been trying to hit home with myself for like several years now is that getting older is a privilege mm -hmm. and not one that a lot of people get to experience, mm -hmm. you know? And so the fact that we're still here and we're still alive and being just thankful for where we're at in this present time, I mean, our bodies are always going to shift and change and think, I look at my younger self and I'm way hotter now. So like <laughs> there's yeah. elements of that, but you know, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that we all just really need to, we have so much pressure on us as women too. So it's not even like it's out, it's like totally us and just our, you know, lovely brain mm -hmm. and all this stuff. I mean, we're it's fed, age, you know, mm -hmm. like, your life's over by the time you hit 30. Yes. You know, it's all like down no longer pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that echoed a lot. And actually you'll appreciate this. So I had one of my clients last year was 60, I believe. And she came in and she was, she was going to do a shoot for her husband who was actually even older than her, a lot older than her. And he actually wasn't well. And I love that. She all my, that, I just have to say. Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> so she, said all my like coworkers, you know, once they turn 50, 60, they like just give up on themselves because everyone says you should. And she says, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. Like I'm mm. working out. My kids are grown. I can do whatever I want. Like I feel sexy and amazing. And I was like, I want to be you at 60 or my role model. And so I wish more women carried through like that because she kind of looked at it as it like, I'm just getting started where over and over again, we hear, well, yeah, after 30, it's like, ugh, well, all the younger girls are where it's at. And like, you have nothing to look forward to. And that's so bullshit. That is so, so full of shit. It's just, and, but it's really hard, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's really hard to be able to beat that all back. It's kind of like the fact that I'm 38 and not married. Like every once in a while, I mean, it's just like stuff comes out of nowhere. No one might, I mean, my mother actually has started to give me a hard time about that, but like <laughs> no one else in my life is like, Anna, you need to get married or, you know, like anything like that. But I mean, it, in. It, it comes from nowhere and it's like, holy crap, all of this pressure. Mm -hmm. And and even with the age, it, it mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere. Um, and that's why like, I'm really particular about who I'm following online, what I'm listening to, because like, if you're following plastic surgeons, you're going to start thinking something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're like 
ingesting all of this like high fashion stuff, you're going to start comparing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously not for everyone, but mm-hmm. I know for me, like I have to be cautious about what it is I am ingesting. Um, but I don't think it has to be like, I hope to be like her. Yeah. Sure. I'm, I'm going to fight my mind and I'm going to fight that like idea Mm-hmm. I mean, my man's nine years younger than me, so I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no choice. But it's true. It's not like you can just say, like, I can say that and be like, I love that. That's going to be my mindset. No, I'm going to have to fight that every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. But like, I want to try to fight to have that mindset. And I yeah. want to try to get other women to have that mindset. So for any men who are listening, please be kind to your ladies. Tell them how beautiful they are. Chase them around the house, you know, love on them. Um, so I definitely want to. Did you say something? No, it was a glitch. Yeah, it was a glitch. Um, I want to definitely jump into your business because I think that, again, it's one of the reasons I wanted to interview is it has been so fascinating for me to watch you grow your business. And I have like a bajillion questions. We're not going to ask all of them. Um, (laughs) so I really have enjoyed how your creativity, um, has just, I'm involved in your Facebook group and Mm -hmm. you are always filling it with just interesting posts and fun polls and, and, and different ways to get women to interact and share and be vulnerable or be empowering or, like you just, I feel like you hit on all of the places. <laughs> Thank I you. I try. <laughs> where, you know, like where you get your inspiration from for all of that. Like, mm-hmm. just... well, I am. The Facebook group is something that's really grown over the last year. And um, I, I've done a lot of work to grow up because I want to have this community of women that only share essentially positive things. Although now that I say that, it's not like anyone can ever never write anything negative as far as like venting or asking for help or asking for advice. That's what I want it to be too. But I just went with all, like you said, you have to be careful who you're following on social media and with things popping up in your feed, I'd rather have my positive stuff pop up in my feed. In addition to that, I share my work so that other women can be more comfortable and see all types of women that get photographs taken. And then they can, then they complement each other's photos. So, you know, people aren't identified in the photos unless they want to be, but it's still a way to like see all these women loving on each other with compliments and building each other up. Like that's huge to me. So as far as inspiration for, I'm just always on the lookout for like women empowerment stuff. I'm in other um, groups that are similar to mine. So we borrow ideas from each other. Um, Yeah. That's basically what I try to do with that space and have it connected directly to the mission of my business, which is making women, you know, feel how strong, and powerful they innately are so I love that I love it it definitely <laughs> shines through um I again have just always been so inspired by all the different kinds of things that you do you know and I think it kind of goes back to the fact that like this is your passion and so and you want to make it fun you want to make it interesting I know as a marketer there's such a difference in marketing you know, when you see marketing versus when you see like passion inspired marketing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's just such a huge difference. 
Um, and even if an agency is doing it for you, like I feel like it comes through the business in regards to, is this a soul driven business or not? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. That it, it does, and it's hard to put your finger on, but it does. I think you can tell, but, and also it makes it easier businesses like mine where there's so much emotion tied to the transaction and the experience in general. So what I like to tell people too, it's like this boudoir portraits, at least like with me and probably with a lot of photographers, it's not just about getting like beautiful pictures taken to have and like, Oh, look how beautiful I am with makeup on and sexy and all that. It's so much more than that. And that's, I think what all my marketing is wrapped around because it's what I believe is that this experience in general going through like, because I'm pretty invested with my clients for a long period of time. It's not just like they show up, I take their pictures and they leave. Like we get to know each other. There's consultations. We, they have hair and makeup done at the studio. We do a pretty long shoot. We view their pictures together, all that. And I like to, I love the fact that a lot of my clients become friends because I am, you've probably noticed in my, in mainly my group and my marketing, I'm pretty unapologetically myself in my weird, nerdy, nerdy way. And that's, I'm, I've decided early on that I was just going to own that because if women are going to invest in this experience with me, they have to know me and like me because it's very vulnerable. So I'm like, here I am. I'm pretty much an everyday woman. I'm like, I'm super weird a lot. Um, I try to be funny. I like to have a good time. I'm super emotional, extremely sensitive. And so if you resonate with me, then like, I'm your girl. And that's kind of how I go about it. So I hope that comes across. And sometimes I think maybe I should be like sometimes more professional. And then I'm like, nah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because if people don't like me, then they don't like me and that's okay. And like, that's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm not going to be like fake. So it's another Sagittarius trait. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think we're just incapable of it. It's not that we don't have that thought or maybe even we'll try it out, but then it's just like, no, it doesn't feel good. This is not working. <laughs> and it's, I'm not like, I have to, this business helped me a lot come into my own self in the last year, as far as my own body image issues, my own confidence and being kinder, like making the mind shift to be a kinder, more accepting, less judgmental person in the last year and a half has literally changed my whole outlook on everything. And it was just from me. Like, it was almost like fake it till you make it at the beginning where I'm like, I'm not positive enough, but I have to be positive. I have to lift up other women. So I'm going to really try. And then I'm like, wow, it's like working for me and for everyone else. Just by, it's like when you don't feel good and you smile, you automatically actually get a little happier it's kind of the same thing. So that's been amazing to me that I'm like, I've changed as a person by focusing on making other people feel good. And that's, I mean, like if there was ever, I feel like a definition for connecting with like your soul purpose or like doing your soul purpose, I would say that, that not only does it affect other people, but like it makes you a better person mm -hmm. continually. It heals you. It mm -hmm. like makes you more positive. It, I mean, it's, exactly yeah it, it it's it was so interesting to me in the midst of my work with anahata how that had started happening mm -hmm. in regards to like um because they you hear like 
and I know you didn't like go into your business like this either, but in regards to um, like the fact that you're basically healing your clients in some ways, you know, like you're helping them get better. I, I um, hope so, but that's a big, that's a tall order. <laughs> well, I don't give myself know, that much credit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not something like you, you go into your business being like, this is what I'm going to do, but like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of what you end up doing. But in the midst of all of that, you end up doing that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this circular spiralic thing that starts mm-hmm. like ricocheting out and hitting other people. And then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I totally agree. It just makes everything grow and as, as like, uh, a very beautiful way. Mm-hmm. No, um, I've seen that happen a lot. What has been the most difficult part of growing this business for you? Probably the working multiple jobs and not giving up on myself through it. So being a wife and a mother to a toddler, um, I have a lot of ways, a lot of areas in my life that need my attention. And I am very, like I said earlier, I'm very dedicated to my goals. And so I am always thinking about my business. I'm always working. And there's been times in the last year and a half, it's been very tough with me and my husband because he knew, he knew he's totally supportive of this. He's like, do go for it. Like, I believe you can do it. And we knew there's going to be a lot of sacrifices with me working literally all the time at nights when our son goes to bed on the weekends and during, during the day too, obviously. And it kind of was getting to us after about a year. He's like, we're just ships in the night. Like how, how long is this going to go for? Like I knew it was going to be a sacrifice, but we still need to be a family. And that, that hit me pretty hard actually, because like I knew it was happening, but I was still choosing to work so hard. So I think that conversation propelled me into making a lot of changes where I'm like, you know what, the whole world is going to come crashing down because, because I don't work an extra like three hours tonight. Um, I have to spend time. I have to be present because that's another thing I struggle with. I don't know about you, but with, especially with um, everything being digital, like having, doing my work on my phone, I am not good at being present in the moment. I'm always thinking about the next thing. So that has been a real struggle for me as well. Like I'm always, always on and it's not, it's not healthy. So I admit that openly and it's because I'm so determined to accomplish my goals and like have it all. So that is going to be something that I think I just have to continue working on and finding the balance depending You just cut out oh, for a second. Okay. Yeah. You're back. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you were saying, um, uh, finding the balance of, and then you kind of cut out. Oh, oh, I just said finding the balance of that day, I think. So, you know, it's not like, okay, in my life balances, you know, 60% family and then like 30% business and like 10%, yeah. like how I deposit do that math, 10% <laughs> like every day that ratio changes. So, Hey, I, that's why I didn't go to school for economics or accounting. Never said I was going to do that. Those business majors. So yeah, every day the, uh, the ratios change and you just kind of have to figure it out. And being a, mo- a mom entrepreneur, um, is definitely its own challenge. So I feel like I am never giving enough in some area of my life. 
I hear that all the time. Mm. And it's, it's so, I mean, like in regards to mothers being like, I feel like I'm always sacrificing if I'm, you know, working on my business or if I'm doing something for myself or something in that nature. Yes. Always. Yeah. Um, so like I mentioned to you before this call, as someone who doesn't even have a goldfish and struggles, <laughs> I, mothers are super heroes to me. They <laughs> legit are just like everything. I mean, I, 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 my, I'm not going to go into that, but yeah, they are <laughs> superheroes. Um, we're figuring it out one day at a time. No one knows what they're doing. Well, it, it <laughs> y'all do it so well though. That's the thing, you know, <laughs> that's what social media shows. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's just, you know, mothers don't give themselves enough credit for, we don't how multi-talented they are. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it blows my mind. I, the older I get, the more I see that and the more I'm just like, ladies, holy crap. <laughs> You know, um, you know what my husband and I like to say sometimes we're like, what did we do before our son was born? Like literally, <laughs> what did we do with the hours and hours of our life? And it's so funny because at the time you weren't like, I'm bored. Like we need a hobby. And we were busy, but, but now we have a human we're raising and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, but it's your, your mind shift just changes to be like survival. This is the way it is now. So. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just the way it is. Um, what kind of, so what kind of things have you been doing to, to balance that out more? Um, in theory, I'm supposed to be putting my phone in a basket <laughs> when I pick up my son from daycare until he goes to bed. Um, I will be first to admit, I haven't been doing that, but that is a goal of mine. Um, I have, since I've been able to go more full-time now and not have so many other jobs um, or jobs at all, I have really tried to stop working at night unless I'm doing phone consults um, because, you know, I try to be flexible with women's work schedules. Um, on the weekends, I don't do shoots on the weekends anymore. I try not to do as many calls on the weekends. Um, so setting up barriers there. And I'm actually going to be moving into a new studio space. Right now, I have a home-based studio probably important to say another way that my home life and business life is connected. Um, so I wanted to take a step outside and have a separate space. And because of everything that's going on in the world right now, I just postponed it about two weeks. But when that happens, I'm going to have like set hours of Monday. I do in-person consults, Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursdays, I do shoots, things like that. So I have more of a routine and I don't, I draw a line between business time and family time. Yeah. I mean, routine for me has been, I was just commenting about this. Um, someone had asked in a marketing group, like how they balance life out and mm. routine was like my, <laughs> my eternal, like <laughs> I have certain days that I take meetings. I have certain days that I do different things. Um, and not that I'm great about always sticking to that, mm. but when I do, man, it, it's like, Night because and day. Your life doesn't feel like chaos, right? Of like trying to fit everything in on random times, and mm -hmm. yeah, there's a, just a lot more control that's there. Mm -hmm. um, has it been uh, has it been tough for you to get women to do boudoir shoots? Um, no, no, I guess yes and no. Um, it's obviously it's been going well enough to the fact that I'm able to be doing this full time 
um, as of this point with the apocalypse happening. But, <laughs> but I think that being my authentic self has really helped because and like educating women on what it is and what it can do for them. And honestly, client referrals are super important to me. I treat my referrals very well, as well as the clients who refer them. I have a good program with that. Um, and I also am so grateful for the women who give model release for any of their pictures that I can use to show other women who write, you know, about their experience and sharing their testimonials because the biggest, I think, testament to anything is a woman talking about her experience to another woman. <laughs> like if they enjoyed it, they got something out of it and they speak highly of it, then other women are going to trust that. Yeah. So I'm so grateful for my past clients who talk about me and share their experience openly because that is that is like life changing for my business. Business changing, I should say. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see in a boardwalk business how referrals would kind of be everything. Yeah. It's about um, trust. Mm -hmm. For sure. So in regards to growing a business, what kind of wisdom would you have to share with folks? Who I mean tips and tricks. Tip let's see. <laughs> keep keep reading um, and learning. Even if like it's just a few minutes a day, um, being inspired. Um, will make you keep going. And then when it's time, you like stand back up, just stand back up and you're going to fail. And then you stand back up, but it's a lot easier said than done. But I think you're more likely to stand back up if you've been continuously working on professional development. So, you know, you're strong enough to do it and you know, you're confident enough to keep going. Um, that's, I think what's really helped me. I mean, I've been, I've read, um, you are a badass by Jen Sincero twice already I think since the end of last year and I'm just like keep restarting it and every night that I get that I actually tell myself to read it because I'm so tired I'm like just read a little bit and I just get more fired up and it helps me to go to bed and be like okay I can do this again tomorrow like no matter like what happens you keep going I love that that's really cool it's, and what is I, this I'm again? preaching oh my god oh, I have a <laughs> I'll definitely make sure to put a link in the show notes folks I swear by this book. You are a badass, Jen Sincero. She also has, she has more, and I've also, well, I've listened to You Are a Badass at Making Money. Um, for you ladies with um, money issues like me, <laughs> deep-seated money blocks and, um, and imposter syndrome, that's a huge book for you to read or listen to. Um, like, just blew my mind. Like, and I've been really into the universal energy stuff over the last year. And I can tell you that, like, it works. Like, when you really hone into your, your instincts and your highest self, um, that's when you make things happen. Because, like, the universe wants you to be successful and to be the best version of yourself. Yay! I love that. <laughs> that's, like, perfect. That's, like, the most spiritual I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Well, get ready, girl, because you got another question coming up. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, my last question before we actually jump into the final questions, which doesn't make sense, but um, what is it about boudoir photography that like that fulfills your purpose? I think seeing women, um, seeing their reactions to themselves. And like, you'll appreciate this with the Anahata, like when they would look in the mirror and 
like feel good in a swimsuit. It seems so superficial, but when they're, then they see their images on the TV after or on the back of the camera while we're shooting. And I'm like, obviously, and I don't like photo, I don't retouch, but like I professionally retouch images. I don't change bodies. And then especially on the back of the camera, that's the raw photo right there. And I'm showing them, I'm like, by the way, like that's you right now. And that's what you look like all the time. And they can't, it's always, I can't believe that's me. Like, that's not me. And it blows my mind. And I'll tell women that it's, I'm not being sarcastic. Like everyone says that. And every single time it blows my mind because I'm like, what do you mean? You can't believe that's you. Like everyone who looks at you, this is where I get emotional. Everyone, know, I'm like <laughs> everyone who looks at you that loves you and knows you in your everyday life. I don't care if you don't usually have your hair and makeup done. I don't care that you're not usually like wearing lingerie. Like you as a person, that's what they see when they look at you. And that's why everyone tells you how beautiful you are. They're not bullshitting you. It's because you are. And if it takes them seeing themselves photographed a certain way and going through this brave experience to get that out, then I'm here for it because we do not see it when we look in the mirror a lot of the times. And it's like, it's so mind blowing every single time, every single time. I didn't cry. It's good. I held it in. <laughs> I'm just gonna clap. It's just, it's just photos, but it's not just photos. No, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, as women, again, we are told from like day one that there's something wrong with us. We have been conditioned to think there's something broken, like no matter how, and like, and I'm sure you see this too, but with Anahata, I mean, it didn't matter what like stereotypically gorgeous, the woman, you know, a client would be coming in. Like, honestly, those women usually had even more problems Mm -hmm. than like uh, other women, you know, Mm -hmm. who are, um, and and when we see ourselves in a different way and we realize like we can actually catch that glimpse of who we are in other people's mm-hmm. eyes, I mean, it's really, it's transforming and it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Because people don't tell you you're like a beautiful person or compliment you just because like they, the people who know you and love you, they mean it. And but so you, if you're not believing it when they compliment you, like you got to work on it because they're not bullshitting you. Well, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, we can't ever take someone else's compliment. We can't ever believe what they mm-hmm. say to us until we mm-hmm. believe it for ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, and things like you can say thank you when you get a compliment. That's all you have to say. You don't have to make an excuse. And I'm guilty of this. I'm really bad at taking compliments. You don't have to say, oh yeah, but and my my favorite meme that I shared recently that I've seen instead of saying like make an excuse when you get a compliment or just saying thank you, you should say, oh my God, go on. <laughs> and then you get more it's funny, and you get more compliments but no one does that and I'm like you should and I say that I have not done it yet but I'm like waiting for the right moment to do it this so needs to happen I'm I am gonna try really hard to remember that Holy unexpected God. I'm gonna compliment you next time I see you in person just so you can see. I have to do a hair flip though when yeah. I tell me more tell me more <laughs> That is oh, awesome. People won't know what to do. <laughs> I hope that you do that soon. <laughs> okay, so we're going to kind of wrap up here and uh, we're going to wrap up with my four closeout questions, which I'm going to be asking all of my guests. So mm-hmm. number one, what is the one habit that you can't live without? So I'd be stretching if I said I can't live without it because I'm not super regimented in my routine, but 
journaling um, has become a big part of my life over the last year. So really, if you just take a few minutes and write three things you're grateful for, three, and honestly, that one, I ha I'm always like, okay, what can I write that I'm grateful for? But it still helps. But then I try to write um, three reasons why tomorrow's going to be amazing, because I tend to do this before mm. bed. Three reasons why tomorrow's going to be amazing, and then three goals for the next day as well, even if they're little. So getting your mindset, again, just like reading this book before bed, changes the way you're thinking when you go to sleep and when you wake up. I love up. that. I love that. So three reasons to be thankful. Mm -hmm. Three... Three reasons why tomorrow's going to be awesome. Okay. And then three goals for the next day. Goals. Okay. I love those that. are my go-tos. And if I feel like writing more, I will, but those are my go-tos. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Number two, what does spirituality mean for you? Since I'm not, I'm definitely not a religious person. And so I think, like I said, it's the most spiritual I've been, has <laughs> been since. You've been preaching today, girl, for sure. Yeah. Preaching about the universal energy because it's really opened my eyes that whatever you want to call it. And if you want to call it God, you can call it whatever you want. But I think everything, all of our actions and all of our thoughts, not, I think, I know they have energy. And so when you can harness that power, it's like the science side of it is crazy and you can really make things happen for yourself. So it sounds all like magic woo woo, but it's not because it's science. And I have honestly manifested things for myself. Like people have told me about manifesting. I'm like, that's so amazing. That's like magic. And then I actually try to do some things and I have manifested things this year just by like focusing on them. And so I'm telling everyone like, everyone can do this. Everyone <laughs> has the power. So like make it happen. So again, in that book, it talks a lot about it, that you are a badass book. Um, Getting in touch with the universe is, I think, what spirituality means to me. That's awesome. I love that. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, okay. I don't want to like spill into a whole bunch more stuff. So number three, <laughs> I have something to say about everything. That's <laughs> no, okay. I love that you love it. <laughs> what is your advice for someone who's looking to find their purpose? Uh, I would circle back to that first story kind of we started with about what makes you happy as a kid. And even now, like you said, things that uh, made you happy as a kid might not, you might not enjoy now, but it was more of finding the things that makes you forget about time and forget about stress and makes time fly by because that's what you're meant to be doing. So as far as advice of finding that, I don't have any good advice for that, except just keep trying things until it happens, really. Oh, I think that's great advice. Yeah. That's yeah. all you can do, right? No one's going to like, no one can look at you and be like, I bet you would enjoy this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. <laughs> or or uh, meditating might help with that, though. Again, getting in touch with your, like, the highest version of yourself and just, like, letting that information download <laughs> because it's in you somewhere but we're so distracted all the time that we can't really get in touch with it until you really let other things, you push it out of the way and be like, okay, I'm ready for it. Tell me. And that's when I think it happens. Awesome. Yes. I fully, fully, fully agree. And I really like your um, suggestion to just try different things. I think that's something that, you know, people are afraid of failure. They're afraid of trying. I mean, like this podcast, I had never done a podcast before, but I was like, 
been wanting to do this for years, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And it's going to be raw and kind of like uncut and I'm going for it because I want to do this and it's fun for me. Mm -hmm. And there's other things that I do like that in my life, but I just feel like that's so important for people to just go for it. Just try it. Exactly. You know, you don't have to quit your job. No. <laughs> you can start really small. You, you can, can start class, small. Yeah. You can like get around other people who do things you like. I mean, like there's a variety of ways of stepping into things. And I would also say that unless, unless you take a chance and do the thing that's really scary, you're not going to find it either. So it's going to be terrifying. But if it's right, it's going to pay off. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be right and it'll be worth it. But you have to be scared. You have to be so scared and it's okay. Because that actually makes it way more rewarding too when it works out. Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> Again, preaching and I love it. <laughs> this is all this is just coming to me right now. You're so, you're, you must be inspiring me, Anna. <laughs> it's all you, girl. Um, okay, so final questions. Uh, question Where can people connect with you? How can they learn more about Atlantic Boudoir? Like, how can they chase you down online? Uh, okay, my website um, is atlanticboudoir.com. I'm on Instagram, Atlantic Boudoir, and on Facebook. And my private Facebook group is for those people that identify as women who are 18 years and older. So if you'd like to be part of that group, you can look up Atlantic Sirens VIP and request to join. And I will happily let you in. <laughs> so you can be a part of our own little, you know, happy corner of the internet there if you want to be um, and kind of stay up to date with that. But yeah, if you want to see my work, probably just best place, follow me on Instagram um, and you can visit my portfolio on my website. And all of those links will definitely be in the show notes for everyone. Cool. cool. Make it easy for them to find you. Yeah. Okay. So now Alicia and I would like to know what part of today's interview resonated with you most. Tag us on Instagram at Anna Hendricks or Atlantic Boudoir, or you can use the hashtag SoulDriven Podcast to share. If today's message resonated with you, please leave me an iTunes review and share Soul Driven with those you love. Don't forget to sign up for the email list to receive fun freebies that will only be given to that list in the upcoming weeks. You'll find this and all the links from today's show, from today in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, Miss Alicia. Thank you for having me. So honored.